Welcome to the WWE Podcast Mailbag, everybody, for this Wednesday, June 15th. We have got a lot of messages to get through tonight as we roll closer and closer to that Money in the Bank event. And yeah, I know I normally don't talk about news on this show, but I need to talk about Vince McMahon and the sex scandal that's going on right now. So we're going to dive into that you know, right at the top of the show and then get right into the emails and voicemails. So uh, you're not going to want to miss this one, guys. Stay right here. We'll be right back after this. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. This is my idol. You're going to acknowledge me. Okay, everybody, welcome to the WWE Podcast Mailbag, as I said, and hey, we've got some stuff to talk about tonight as we get through your emails, we get through your voicemails, but I have to address something right off the bat that I can guarantee no one's emailed me about and I want to talk about because it just broke at least in the last hour or so. Vince McMahon. No, he's not dead. Um, you know, as you'd imagine, that would be the big story when Vince McMahon's name pops in the news, but rather... He is currently under investigation by WWE's board for, quote, millions in alleged payments to former former female employees. Uh, the company does say that it, it was a consensual relationship. Now, who knows what Linda McMahon thinks of this? Maybe we'll see a, a, you know, a, a new story tomorrow break that she's, you know, now all elite or something. But the board is inve- investigating a $3 million payment that Vince McMahon made to former female employees. The Wall Street Journal first reported the investigation on Wednesday, and the investigation uncovered other agreements with women who claimed misconduct. The board of wrestling entertainment company is investigating him. I mean, I just said that. Um, and the, the, the misconduct was that McMahon and other WWE executives, which I even heard about uh, the head of talent relations, Mr. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about talking about John Laurinaitis. Yeah, one of the easiest guys to mimic. I mean, pretty easy to... Anyway, uh, but they apparently paid these women off from speaking about the arrangements or agreements. Sounds like a little bit, a bit of a sugar daddy situation going on. I mean, it's exactly what this is. Um, so the investigation started in April after the board received a tip about a $3 million payment to a now former female employee that McMahon was allegedly having an affair with, according to the Wall Street Journal. The agreement reportedly prohibits the employee, a paralegal at the time, from discussing the alleged affair. A spokesperson did not immediately return a request for comment from uh, the insider, but told the Wall Street Journal the former paralegal's relationship with McMahon was consensual and the company was cooperating during the investigation. So, I mean, this is obviously a developing story. I mean, there's much more to this story, but I mean, not a ton. However, what's interesting to note beyond this is that Stephanie McMahon announced last month in May that she'd be taking a leave of absence, quote, from the majority of her responsibilities at the company to focus on her family. Interesting. Is it ironic? Is it coincidence? I think not. I think Miss uh, Philanthropy that doesn't want to be associated with WWE anyway, uh, certainly wants to distance herself from this 
and she knew before the public knew that this was going to come out. So she's saving her ass. And, you know, I understand why, um, you know, but uh, to take care of her family, of course, it's a whole load of garbage. But this is a developing story with Vince McMahon. We will certainly uh, be talking about it as things develop. I'm sure there's going to be more coming out of this. This is a pretty big deal uh, with Vince McMahon. Is it surprising? Uh, no, not really. I mean, it's surprising that it leaked. You know, Vince McMahon, I'm sure beyond this story, there's things that he's done that we just don't know. There are things that he has done that we have no idea that will never come out and he will take to his grave. And, you know, you wonder what Linda McMahon's thinking about this. You know, what, what about that end of things? So, so, okay, it's consensual. Well, I think he's going to have marital problems either way. So, and again, here's the thing. Maybe this is something that is, he turns out innocent. Are we going to go with the guilty until proven innocent or innocent until proven guilty? You know, a lot of times there are allegations made by by women uh, to defame or to try to quote unquote cancel certain people. And a lot of times it's just, well, believe all women. Well, I think that's a bit of a foolhardy approach, you know, like just because you're one, one sex or the other, I don't think should automatically qualify or disqualify anything you say. I don't care what sex you are, male, female. So anyway, uh, this is a developing story, of course, and uh, much more to come. Let's move on, though, and start just diving into emails. And we're going to start with Miller. We're going to start with Miller. And he says, how is it, Matt? Love the podcast. You're doing such a great job. And I respect you so damn much for promoting other members' own podcasts. They do. I would love to come on the show sometime, but I know the time difference being from South Africa makes it a bit difficult. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I appreciate uh, that. And, you know, while you reminded me, there are a couple of podcasts that I would really recommend you guys check out that would support the other co-hosts. That is Football Function done by Michael Ritter. He does the SmackDown reviews that you guys love. So it's called Football Function. There's also a podcast that Ashley Mann, who is one of the OGs of this show in terms of co-hosting, that she has her own podcast. It's called uh, Kick Ash, Kick A-S-H, the Kick Ash podcast. She does regular uh, releases, and I really recommend you check that out. And the Evolutionary Wrestling Podcast done by Grace, check that out as well. So, guys, certainly, if you want to support the other co-hosts, you just reminded me, Miller. Thanks. Okay, so... Yeah, I mean, but look, I I wouldn't mind having you come on. You know that that would be fun. You know, the time difference I've dealt with um, certainly a, a lot with other co-hosts, and I just did it with somebody from Switzerland, Uncle Chris. Shout out to you, man. Uh, but it's not impossible because I telecommute from home half the time for my big boy job, and let's just say that I'm not always doing the, my big boy work. I may be working on this podcast, but uh, yeah, just we'll keep that between us. So anyway. Well, maybe we can figure some out, man. Let's not uh, let's not cancel that out. Okay, but I have an idea for a segment or a short episode to do per week. Or if you think I should do it in the mailbag, which is a best and worst, best and worst match, superstar, male and female for the week, move, dressed, promo, and also comment, opinion, question on mailbag. Okay, so yeah, um, I I like the idea. It's something that we don't offer right now in terms of a best and worst of whatever you want match. Like you said, clothing uh, maneuver, uh, I don't know, whatever it may be, but it wouldn't be hosted by me. <laughs> okay. I have 
an overloaded uh, plate. I'm not saying that, you know, my time is any more valuable than anybody else's, but um, I wouldn't have time to record that. I mean, I, if somebody wants to take a stab at that, uh, you know, go for it. I, I, I'm not going to say no if somebody wants to send me like a an MP3 file with something like that of like a 10, 15 minute episode and give me a, you know, give me some kind of audio sample. I would be open to it, but it wouldn't be me co-hosting it because I, I mean, I already do. I do the three shows per week. I also edit and post like the other six shows that are done by our awesome co-hosts. So I have to post them in like many different places. You guys, you don't need to hear the backing uh, back end things of things and, and how busy I am. I'm not, you know, we're all busy, right? But my point is, if if you want that show to exist, then somebody's got to take it on because it can't be me. <laughs> it's just, I have zero time. Plus, I'm also doing the after show when I can pump an episode out of that. And I do the after dark, which I haven't done one of those in a while and I'm feeling one creeping up. So hopefully I can get to one in the next couple of days of that and the after show. So uh, yeah, not, I've just, can't do it. I like the idea, though. All right. Uh, I listen to every single show, and you're amazing co-hosts. So we'd love to be a part of the great team. All the way. Also, you see, exactly. So, Miller, send me a, a, a MP3 file. Or uh, even if it's not MP3, if it's just in some audio format, I can convert it to MP3. Don't worry about that. Easy. So, if you want this to exist, Miller, the floor is yours, buddy. Throw it into existence. Make it happen. Send me an audio file. I don't think that the internal um, the internal messaging system on Patreon will allow you to send me a file. So email me. Email me that file. Send it to my old... Yeah, because this email still exists. Podcast at gmail.com. Send it there. Cool. Good stuff. All right. Let's get to Mr... What do we go with here? Mr. Grim Reefer. Still hilarious. And he says, hey, WWE podcast universe, Grim here. I'm sending this week's mail in as early as I'm going to be busy this week looking for souls to, to take. Michael Rudo's SmackDown review and his top five wrestlers to take the titles from Roman. Although I agree with his choices, I want to add two to the list. The crazy mess coming from the WWE creative where all led well, we are all led to think Roman is still going to be champion until the new year or even next uh, year's WrestleMania, meaning Riddle, Drew, and anyone Roman faces this year, he's going to beat. Roman versus Rock at next year's Mania cannot be for the title, so he is going to have to lose them before then. You know, I know, Grim, you have a couple more things here, but let me stop there. While I am a big proponent of not including the championship in that match with rock with that we all presume is going to be at wrestlemania 39 in la this year or next year i could see vince if he's not you know being sued or is is not removed as the uh, ceo chairman of wwe with the sex scandal we'll see what comes of that could be nothing could be swept under the rug could be you know whatever but assuming he's still ceo that and he's still in control of creative I would imagine that Vince wants this match with Rock to be as big as possible, and I could see the championship being included because that's what Vince does with WrestleMania matches, even if it actually detracts from the match. And Vince, I don't know, would really care because in his mind, championships and big stars in one match, why would you take one of those away? Champ- yeah, I don't think he would see it. I really don't at his age. Uh, but so anyway, I don't want it. So, okay, your next uh, point here. What if the buildup to The Rock's return has Jimmy and Jey Uso siding with The Rock? 
They turn on Roman, and with The Rock's help, uh, they take a title, each leaving Roman to fight for his his um, his own and f- uh, free... I'm not sure. I, I'm trying to read your sentence in a way. <laughs> I think you were typing too quickly or something. So I, I apologize. I'm not stuttering. I'm trying to uh, kind of piece it together to make sense. So you're saying they would turn on Roman, and with The Rock's help, they would take a title each leaving Roman to fight for his, by himself and fight the rock title free. Okay. So I ultimately you get to, yeah, I don't look, I don't care how it happens, but the rock and Roman can't have a championship. They just can't. It would be a huge bummer if the rock and Roman includes the championship. But I think Vince McMahon in his mind would just automatically, without even thinking anywhere beyond the surface, say, well, adding a championship is, how can it not be bigger adding a championship, right? How can it not? And and so I'm fearful. And if I was a betting man, I would say WWE, Vince, includes the championship with The Rock, which is a huge detraction from that match for many reasons that I've stated uh, in the past. So lastly, any, has anything come back about Sasha and Naomi? Not that I'm uh, oh, missing them. I'm just curious. I haven't heard anything. You know, well, actually, I shouldn't say that. I'm lying. Um, I saw something. I'm Googling it right now. I'm going to type in Naomi um, into the news. So, okay. There was something three days ago, and this is from Fox, although it's on many other news outlets. Uh, and the title of this article is that Naomi breaks social media silence with cryptic video after suspension. So let's get to that here. Um, this is a story that, again, it was posted on June 12th, I think. So they say that superstar Naomi brokers social media silence posting a cryptic video uh, uh, to her account weeks after walking out. Let's see here. So Naomi, whose real name is Trinity Fatu, posted the video with a green heart emoji and said, these are five things you need to hear today. The inspirational video begins. Number one, important people come and go. That's okay. Number two, you can look at it as a rejection or redirection. Number three, you can define what fun is. Don't allow someone to make you feel what you feel. What you like is stupid. Number four, Sometimes you're going to have to let other people down to make yourself happy. And number five, your diet isn't just what you eat. It's what you watch, listen to, and and uh, allow around you. I mean, I have nothing against any of that. I mean, good stuff. Um, I think some of this is clearly directed at WWE in an indirect way. Uh, this is the first time I'm reading this, guys, by the way. Like, I didn't dive into this i saw something creep up i just didn't dig into what the story with naomi breaking her silence is now again she doesn't directly say anything about it because she's still technically under contractual obligation to wwe and i would imagine that their release is especially you know probably naomi is coming soon and if that's the case after that whenever her uh you know her um contract allows if there's like a a you know, I don't know what well, there, there's like a what is that stipulation legal um, clause where you can't say anything. You're like tongue tied or something. Even after you're not, not allowed to speak, there's a legal term for that. And I can't come up with it. But if she's allowed to just say whatever she wants after her contract's done and there's nothing in her contract that says even after it expires, you can't do anything after for 90 days, whatever. Uh, 
whenever that is, we'll get the real story in that podcast, right? When she's legally allowed to, it's going to be much more fun. Right now, she has to be cryptic, you know, because she would be get. I, I think put herself in legal pro, uh, legal trouble in a big way. So, but when you look at these things that she put in the video, you can look at it as a rejection or redirection, right? I mean, this was saying that basically. She was suspended. She knows that a termination is probably coming, and she's looking, basically saying you could look at this as a negative or a positive. It's you know one door closes, another opens, that kind of thing. Uh, and also saying that you define what fun is. Don't allow someone to make you feel what you look, what you like is stupid. So saying that you know things that she likes to do that are fun for her, WWE doesn't define as fun, and you know there, there's probably more story, more to that. Anyway, so you could probably dive in and find a lot of things in this little uh, video she posted. So go check it out. All right. Let's get to Charlie. Charlie F. Or Charlie Furman. And he says, coming at you from the great state of Wisconsin, uh, I am here to announce that I'm officially joining the faction of Mr. Dennis McGinley. Just a couple of things that have been on my mind lately. Number one. It's very disappointing that WWE wasn't able to find some way to use Paige since they got rid of Raw and SmackDown GMs. I thought she would have been a great manager for Ronda, but now I have a feeling she will just go to AEW. Well, Charlie, you know, that that's I think as wrestling fans, now that we have an actual legit place to go for option number two, and it's not just off a cliff to like TNA or Independence or New Japan or Global Force Wrestling, whatever, which, I mean, I'm sorry, those aren't even close to competition. AEW is the closest thing WWE's had to competition since the Monday Night Wars 20 years ago. But I think we sometimes need to get out of our heads that the AEW is just going to automatically pick up anybody. Like, they're just going to pick them up. And there have been some times where they've picked people up that they probably shouldn't have, right? Like, they, you know, sometimes the, they, they choose poorly. In this case with Paige, I think it would be a big lift for them, and particularly the women's division. This would be a good fit, not just a knee-jerk reaction, let's pick up WWE scraps, just for attention. This would be, again, it would create buzz. People have been wanting Paige to return. Apparently, WWE didn't see the risk in uh, bringing Paige back. I would imagine they felt that the, from a medical perspective, it wasn't worth the risk. Otherwise, I think they would have loved to have brought Paige back in a wrestling role. Um, maybe they offered her some kind of managerial role and she just wanted to wrestle and the doctor said no. No, this is my speculation. But Paige did say when she put her uh, Twitter thread out there that they we will see her in a ring again, right? in a wrestling ring again. Um, and I don't imagine that's WWE. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I like Paige. I think she's got a, a really good promo, great presence. And she's good in the ring. All right. So number two, as much as I want to see Bailey at either Money in the Bank or SummerSlam, I have a feeling that she will make her return at Clash at the Castle. It would be so satisfying to watch Ronda get booed out of the building and she looks out at the crowd and just gets upset that God forbid the crowd doesn't like her. I'm wondering your thoughts on both of these. Hope everyone has a good week. And as always, everyone have a good week and stay sane. Yeah. <laughs> Easier said than done, Charlie. Uh, so... um. Okay, Bailey. Bailey's been teasing us for months now. You know, she teased us even around WrestleMania this past year, which was kind of a pipe dream. 
But lately, she's been really teasing us with her Instagram posts. She even put like a, a clock up, right? And basically hinting that time is almost up. And we don't know exactly when she's going to return. You know, I, I predicted she was going to return at the last pay-per-view, and that never happened. And maybe they did have plans, and they retracted them. That's very possible, too. WWE changes their minds on a whim, right? The breeze blows east or west is is how easily sometimes they change their plans. But I think with Bailey, it has to be on a big stage. And I love Clash at the Castle, no doubt. I love Clash at the Castle because that crowd is going to be rowdy as hell, no pun intended. And I think there people are starting to really wean away from Ronda Rousey. I, I, I believe that at that point, if she is still being presented as a baby face, that the crowd will have, you know, at least half of the crowd would have turned on her at that point. Um, you can already see the makings of it underneath the sur- bubbling underneath the surface. Same with Bianca Belair. I mean, different personalities, different points in their career, and the crowd would turn on them for different reasons. But I think both of them are kind of in a similar position where the, the, the reception's getting lukewarm instead of being white hot, which is what they would like it to be. With Ronda Rousey in Clash at the Castle getting booed, I would love to see them getting her getting booed in a in a position where she doesn't she's not ready for it. I want to see how she reacts and how WWE reacts. Uh, because I, I, I want to see Ronda get her little get make her tummy hurt. And, and, and I, I want to see that because it started to happen in her first run before WrestleMania 35 and she like couldn't handle it. And she, you know, anyway, so I think, I think Rhonda is very immature in, in some respects um, on top of the fact that she ripped off a hall of famers gimmick cause she couldn't come up with her own among many other things, which is why I don't like Ronda Rousey, but, 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 but I like your scenario, Charlie. I just think it's too far out in the future. Because Clash at the Castle is September, I believe. October is the beloved, uh, I think, crown jewel in Saudi Arabia. So you have Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, Clash at the Castle, Crown Jewel, then Survivor Series, and then whatever the hell is in December. So I like SummerSlam for Bailey. Um, I really like SummerSlam for Bailey. Or in fact, you could even have it at, you could have Bailey return at Money in the Bank leading into a match. Uh, with with Ronda or have have uh, Bailey um, return the the SmackDown after the Money in the Bank event. That way they can have like a four week or three week build, three to four week until SummerSlam. So that's my prediction that Bailey is between Money in the Bank and SummerSlam going to return. Clash. I don't hate your idea. I just don't think that WWE has another opponent lined up for Ronda after the fill-in of uh, Naomi, or uh, rather um, Natalia. So, all right. Thanks, Charlie. And let's see what we got here. And actually, let's just, let's take a listen. What is What do we have here? And you guys guessed it. That is Mr. Dennis McGinley. And he says, hey, none other than your heel of the mailbag show, Mr. Dennis McGinley. All of you dumb nuts that put one finger in the air. Did you know that means you only have one lonely friend? Unlike the heel of the show that has billions and billions of friends. I ain't talking about here in the mailbag or Discord Discord chat, you dumb nuts. Yeah, get it right. All right, homie G. So, <laughs> all right. Yeah, you, 
you guys are crazy. Uh, now on the onto the real rant part of the undisputed universe, WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns. So first, he doesn't have the guts to come on SmackDown or Raw, but to go home uh, to uh, on some dumb house show and tell him he's going part time. What is up with that WWE? That doesn't make sense. Well, what's he gonna say, right? The thing is, that if he does it on live TV, what he can't cut that promo as a heel on national television. You do that for a local audience. Because that's not something that is part of the story, which is why house shows have so much more flexibility. So while he knew that people were going to record it, it wasn't meant for live TV. It wasn't meant as part of the story. That's why they didn't do that. And you know what? He's enjoying his millions of dollars and he's earned it and he's getting paid as a full timer while working part time. There's no shame in that. He's earned it. We may not like it because we want to see him more as champion and you know, I know that the purpose of him winning the belts and unifying them was to appear more on Raw and SmackDown, and yet he's done the exact opposite. I think the bigger purpose was for him to be able to work with the entire roster instead of being limited to just SmackDown. But yeah, he's he's actually unified the belts and then just gone into hiding. So that annoys some people. I get that. Okay, so let's see here. So Roman, he has both belts in, in, in WWE and Universal, but he's only defending it this Friday on SmackDown versus Riddle. What I think I hear the next time he defends it is a clash at the castle versus Drew. What makes me so mad is that he's part time, sits back in the back or wherever he is. Come on, first WWE. He has two of the highest belts and now he just goes part time to not defend them at the premium live event. I have, uh, uh, let's see, I have to feel bad for those wrestlers that couldn't get a chance at WWE at that belt and creative didn't think that when they uh when they did but when that match back at wrestlemania 38 happened obviously they couldn't uh they didn't have anybody else but brock lesnar for roman i know that you don't watch nxt but there are upcoming wrestlers that if they move to the roster could take roman out and the belt well yeah i've heard i mean braun breaker i constantly hear his name from nxt as a guy that could take out brock or uh, roman yeah, I mean, if it's true that he the next time he defends the belt is from Money in the Bank to Clash of the Castle, um, I found that hard to believe because SummerSlam is their WrestleMania of the year, and Randy Orton is going to be that guy. Right now, that's the schedule, at least from everything I've seen, is Randy Orton's going to be the guy to uh, face Roman at SummerSlam for the that uh, championship, you know, and then he defends it at Clash of the Castle, probably with Drew McIntyre. So, and then after that, I mean, who the hell knows? So I have hated the bloodline and the Usos after getting them both both tag team belts. The we are the ones is overrated. Then you got Roman part time. It is time for creative to move on with this moldy group. I don't care how well how well they've been and it's getting old and older. There's my rant. I also don't don't even think of putting your finger in the air because as you are dumb nut and forgot that means one friend. Mr. McGinley, heel Mr. Dennis McGinley is out. Take care and talk with you next week, Matt. Well, yeah, Dennis, um, I'm not putting my finger in the air. I'm not putting any fingers in the air right now. I promise you. I don't know if anybody else is, but uh, I'm not. So, uh, yeah, look, I, I know that you're you're finding this storyline tired and old. I get it. I understand. You know, but at least it's weird because you complain, and we uh, collectively as a group, fans, complain that roman is just constantly on our tv is too much it's the same thing it's the same thing then roman also takes time off and we're like well where is he right (laughs) it's like he should be here as champion 
But then when he's there as champion, we all complain that he's there as champion too much. So I'm not quite understanding fans. They're fickle. As fans, I'm fickle. I'm fi- I will I will happily admit I'm a fickle fan at times. That's that's the nature of being a sports fan. I don't care if it's wrestling or MLB, NFL. We're all fickle. Sometimes we just blow with the breeze. And what we think we want, we don't. And what we don't want, we do. It's the way things go. Now, that's not always the case. But with Roman Reigns, I think maybe the bigger complaint is that he is still champion and it would be better utilized on somebody that's going to be there more regularly and that this has been a nice storyline. Let's move on to somebody that can be there regularly, especially if Roman's going part-time. I would imagine that's the general argument. So, all right, let's get into our next patron here. And by the way, guys, if you want this placement in the mailbag show and not have to dig through towards the end of the show, like, hey, where's my email? Join Patreon. It's one of the benefits. It's only a dollar. Patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Okay. So this is from Anthony. And he says, hope all is well. I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty excited to see this Reigns versus Riddle match on Friday. Do you think this match will be a one and done or will the feud continue to money in the bank? Here's my prediction. I'm going to guess that the Usos will get involved and cause Riddle his loss on Friday. And it goes to money in the bank, which Riddle will lose again. But this time a clean loss. And then Randy returns, giving Reigns an RKO to end the pay-per-view and start their feud. I mean, Anthony, I couldn't have said it better. You know, I, I really couldn't have, um, because if Roman doesn't defend at Money in the Bank, I mean, that would be the, what, the, the second premium live event he doesn't? However, there are reports floating out there that he's actually missing yet another premium live event, which is probably Money in the Bank. Uh, you know, it, it isn't an A pay-per-view, <clears throat> it, or a premium, I just say pay-per-view, it, whatever. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's not their one of their A shows. SummerSlam is one, right? Like, obviously, WrestleMania, Survivor Series, Rumble. Those are your A shows. And Roman, I think, is... It's possible that this is a one and done, and we don't see Roman on Money in the Bank, and uh, maybe Roman gets you know, attacked on SmackDown next Friday. I think next Friday, SmackDown is going to be very telling for where this are going for SummerSlam. If Randy Orton returns at Money in the Bank or after or whatever. If I was to be a betting man, the smarter money is on your prediction, Anthony, with the Usos interfering, Schma's finish, and then we get Adam Pierce forcing the Tribal Chief to defend it at the uh, the, the premium live event at Money in the Bank, and there we get uh, another, just again, another loss for Riddle. I think that's possible, I mean, you know, but also I see Roman taking yet another premium live event off, <laughs> so uh, maybe a 50-50 chance, but the result is the same, right? The result is still the same that Roman remains champion. I'm sorry. There's just no other way. The, you know, I'm more excited about this match than some people. I know some people are just like, this is going to be boring, but I just try to enjoy it. You know, this is one of those things that we all know the outcome, but maybe just force yourself to try to get emotionally invested in it. I know that's not how wrestling should go. You should just naturally, it should naturally happen, but why not enjoy it? This may be riddles only title opportunity for the next several months so enjoy it okay try to get yourself invested maybe even try to fool yourself convince yourself manipulate your own brain to believing that somehow riddle could win and how that would be even possible right we all know there's no chance but lie to yourself okay just to be a straight up liar to yourself and you'll enjoy the match much more (laughs) so all right 
So I we do have uh, another email here, and let's get to it. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is from yet another patron, and this is from Grace, which you guys know she has her own podcast, the Evolutionary Wrestling Podcast. So take take a listen to that. So she says, "Hey Matt and listeners, I have some catching up to do because I've been sick all week. I've been staying current with the product. I just haven't been able to catch up with the podcast episodes." Well, Grace, what are you doing? Binge us, right? Don't wait. How dare you get sick? I mean, I am personally taking offense to that. That you trying to make yourself feel better is more important than listening to our show, increasing our download numbers. I mean, that is just selfish. So, all right. She says, first thing I want to talk about is Judgment Day falling apart. This may be old news to you, and you may know this already, but I heard the reason that Edge got booted out was because Creative wanted them to make a supernatural group, and Edge was not a fan of that, so they booted him out. I heard that too. I don't like it. I don't buy it. I think that, number one, there was no hint of that on Monday night either. It's not as if, like, you know, they started to do spooky stuff. And didn't they learn their lesson with The Fiend? I mean, if they didn't learn their lesson with The Fiend and Lily and Alexa Bliss going downhill, I mean, that was a straight-up message from fans to WWE. I mean, WWE loves to send us messages. Well, we sent one right back. This is hokey crap, right? When Alexa Bliss started with all the, you know, Lily and winking and it got too hokey pokey or hocus pocus, hokey pokey. What the hell am I talking about? So <laughs> uh, it just got too much, right? It became a circus. It became laughable. Remember Shayna Baszler backstage? Everyone's mysteriously missing and she gets trapped in a room or something with Lily. <laughs> so if it becomes supernatural, like. If that's the reason, if that's true, that's that's awful, and it's going to backfire, and the group is going to be disbanded within like a month because fans aren't going to buy it. So I hope that's not the case. Plus, I think they saw it was being it was successful and on a great track without that crap. It was doing very well, and people were speculating and talking online about who could join, and nobody was like saying, "Oh, they should do more. They should do more supernatural stuff." nobody was saying that nobody wanted it. It was all about who could join great promos from edge. Cool. Rhea's there. What, what a great rub as edge is going to be able to give Damien and, and Rhea and whoever's going to join and Edge is cutting great promos every week. Honestly, nothing was needed here. They were already doing everything they should have. And they went off the rails for, for a reasons unknown other than one that you speculated here with supernatural crap and others with uh, the whole, well, Cody got injured and we get, we need another baby face to fill his spot. Edge, I'm sure is pissed. You know, I'm sure he's like, Hey, we had a good thing going here. What are we doing? So um, I'd love to get truth serum in him somehow and, and be able to have him have Adam Copeland come on the show and be like, Hey bro, uh, what the hell's going on? Tell me the truth. We'll never get that, of course, but he's 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 contractually obligated to the company. He's not going to say anything. All right. So I was not a fan at first of Becky being anywhere near the 24-7 title, but now I understand that it's all about her downfall and it furthers that story. But I am curious when she hit rock bottom, no pun intended. Yeah, I wonder if that was a pun by Becky. What will be that point? Because I have no prediction. 
I don't know. I mean, maybe that is, and maybe that's a way to look at it, Grace, that I should look at it, the lens I should look at it through, with Becky being involved now the second week in a row with the 24-7 championship match, even though it never really happened because of Asuka. Maybe that's the lens we should look at it through for people like myself who are saying this is ridiculous. She's Becky Lynch. Why is she involved in a, a... a title opportunity of which, by the way, every fan that exists is is eligible for because it's anyone, anywhere, anytime can do it. So, or or can compete for the twenty four seven championship. So, um, yeah, maybe that's it. And and I don't know what whatever her rock bottom is, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, it could come at the next loss. Maybe when she faces Oscar again, she loses, and then she you just see her just come completely disheveled i mean she's already 75 percent of the way there maybe there's another level deeper of her depression that we haven't seen yet and that's great because guess what happens when you're at rock bottom the only way to go is up just like when you're at the top of the mountain only one way is down so i'm very looking i'm looking forward to it and i think we'll know we'll know when that that low point is because it's going to be fun to watch her ascent back up all right um Last but certainly not least, can we please, for the love of everything that is good in the world, take the mic away from Rhonda? Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. Thank you for bringing this up, Grace. Are you kidding me with title shot skis? You're on skis? Yes. I'm so, okay. I wanted to throw my remote through the TV. I have a lot more to say about her versus Natalia, but that's a whole other rant. Hope you have a great week, everyone. Thanks, Grace. And everybody, again, check out her wrestling podcast, the Evolutionary Wrestling Podcast. Uh, you know, definitely a great voice here. So she also came on the show a couple of times for her co-hosting. I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, not only is Rhonda not good at promos from a volume standpoint, from a cadence standpoint, from a body language or stupid little side smile she does that's not endearing. I think it's just a nervous tick. It's just like one of the things she does when she does just is in silence. She can't just not do something. So she just does her side smile that you just want to slap her right off her face. Um, and she also doesn't know when to start a promo. She always starts it when the music hasn't cut off yet. Like you have to wait for the music. The production truck will know. You put the mic up to your mouth, the production truck will fade out your music. Instead, the second she puts the mic up to her mouth, she starts talking and then you don't know what she said the first like sentence. You know, it's never anything that's like poetic. I mean, she's not exactly Shakespeare on the mic. It's always just something canned and memorized and she's just like, okay, let me get these lines out. She never says anything with conviction. And like you said, she has to say stupid crap like this that's supposed to be funny that she probably thought of in the back. That's like, oh, that's going to get a reaction. That's funny. You know, no. no Rhonda, do you not have the self-awareness that you're not a comedian? Uh, that that your, your best days of, of being an athlete are behind you? Most likely. Most likely are. You know, like, and you're no, what exactly makes you the baddest woman on the planet? Because WWE says so, because that's just your nickname. What exactly is it? I mean, there is so much to Rhonda that I can't stand. At the same time, in the ring, she has adapted well, generally speaking. And she still has that kind of like, you know, uh, just she has, a, she has a certain gravity to her. She's an attractive woman. You don't see an attractive woman also be super dangerous at the same time. So there is that uh, interesting dynamic. And for one other thing too, not only the shot skis and the title, you know, all, all your on skis that didn't catch anybody uh, in, in any kind of laughter. 
at all. Like nobody. She was probably pausing for effect and like listening and like, hey, oh, I'm going to get some laughs out of this. It's like Rhonda, like nobody, nobody's laughing at all. The other thing that'll annoy you, and I tweeted this out, I think at the last premium live event match she had with her, uh, Charlotte, it might have been at WrestleMania Backlash when the I Quit match. Ronda needs to either find new wrestling gear or stop her habitual need to pull at her tight little yoga pants or shorts that she wears because she's constantly doing it throughout her match. Like if they're that tight to you, or at least if they annoy you that much, they're that, that they're, they are that tight, find new gear. I understand she's trying to, it's it's athletic wear. It's probably, you know, easy to, to wrestle in, but it also is extremely distracting when you're pulling and tugging at your crotch for half the match. It just is. (laughs) I mean, uh, now you guys are not going to be able to unsee it, but if you know, you know, I Y K Y K, right. As the kids say, just Rhonda find new gear. It's not, it can't be something she does on purpose. It's just throughout the match, she just is, I don't know, constantly pulling at it. What's happening? <laughs> I mean, get new gear. You know, those are like boy shorts while she's wrestling. They don't need to be that tight and up your ass. I'm sorry, they don't. I know she's trying to show off her body and she has an athletic body. I understand. But it's distracting in terms of uh, just pulling and tugging and you know whatever she's doing with her crotch for half the match. I mean, seriously, don't believe me. Go watch now. You're not going to be able to see it, as I said. All right, Grace. Well, now that I I didn't expect to talk about Ronda Rousey's crotch, uh, we are <laughs> we're going to move on here. And we have, let's see, one more email, just one. And then it's all voicemails from here. And it's Dennis from Ireland. And he says, hope you're well. Again, best wishes to DJ. Yes, DJ. Uh, we're looking forward to your return, brother. Uh, especially, I, I really miss the, and of course I miss your voice and your emails, DJ, but I do, I do miss the Veer Mahan report. Like we, we don't have an in-depth reporting or a reporter or anyone to really analyze the complex character and storyline that is Veer Mahan. So we need to know what's going on with him, man. So, okay. An off subject matter. Stranger Things season four is great And here. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay. Now your your entire um, message is not about Stranger Things. I know that's not the topic of this podcast, but guys, you haven't seen Stranger Things for the love of God, go see it. Okay, I'm on season four. I've already completed uh, you know, episode one through seven. There's eight and nine, and potentially season five. It's uh, it's good stuff. Okay, it every episode is at least an hour. Some are hour fifteen hour and a half the last episode is a two and a half hours so it's like watching the titanic for the final episode all right moving on uh all right here we go opposed down ends raw what a load of crap styles versus rollins should have been the main event raw has no excitement anymore poor champa or champa no one knows no one knows the pronunciation yet he is better than that way that he's being used i think the fact it has no heavyweight champion is obviously the problem that Raw is lackluster and bad creative. On SmackDown, we have Max Dupree. I haven't even mentioned him. He'll be released soon. Unfortunately, he should have left. 
been left alone as L.A. Knight. It's sad to hear of Jeff Hardy's latest DUI from last Thursday. I hope he gets the help he needs and take it because it has been offered to him. And Paige has left WWE. We did talk about that. I didn't know she was still employed there, but she did say she wants to wrestle again and maybe WWE wouldn't clear her to wrestle, which pushed her in the decision she made. Thanks, Matt. Well, thanks, Dennis. So a couple of things. Max Dupree, the male model search dude. What? What? (laughs) I feel like it's like Simon Dean. You guys remember Simon Dean? If you have no idea what I'm talking about, YouTube him. He was in the early 2000s. I'd say like 2000... 2003, 2004, he didn't last long, maybe a year or so. He was this guy that was essentially a infomercial dude when infomercials were like a thing in the early 2000s. Now, maybe that's what I'll talk about my after show. Like there are so many infomercials I used to be a fan, watch and I remember vividly, right? I mean, just infomercials were a thing because you'd fall asleep sometimes to a TV, your your TV when you're, um, you know, going to bed. And then you'd wake up to like the the love songs or, or like, um, what was it? Like the magic bullet infomercial or uh, set it and forget it with Ron Popeil or like uh, the latest uh, Don LaPree scam, uh, the, the greatest vitamin in the world or internet treasure chest. I mean, I, I say there's scams. Unfortunately, I was scammed out of those two. I was also 15 years old and I was like, ooh, well, I can make some money, right? Another story for another day. Um, actually, I really think that's going to be my after show or after dark. I don't know yet. So by the way, subscribe guys to my after show. It's a totally separate feed. Just search the WWE podcast after show. I've already got a couple of episodes on there. It's non wrestling stuff, but PG. So please subscribe to the after show. It's available everywhere. Just search for it. Um, but where the hell was I going with this? Simon Dean. (laughs) So, Max Dupree reminds me of Simon Dean. He was an infomercial guy that was selling like protein shakes, very well casted. And he reminds me of that. He's got that vibe to him. I don't know what it is. So I don't think it's going to last long either. It feels like a very kind of, you know, kind of hot shot gimmick. Like, where do you go from here? How does that even fit into being a wrestler? How does that fit into what you want to do? You're a male talent search. You're a male model talent search or something. What? <laughs> yeah, you can tell that they have put about five seconds of thought into this, but no real analysis is going to be done about, well, how does this translate to success for him other than just he's on the search for male models, right? So I agree. LA Knight should have just remained, but we all know it's going to happen. All right. So thanks, Dennis. And I think that's it, guys, as far as the email portion goes. So Let's uh, get right into the voicemails and see who's up right now. It's Kyle of Baltimore. So I think I done Marcus Nanda last night and hearing other people talk about this Roman Reigns problem is really serious. Everyone else talk, talking about it as well in their own podcast as well as about Roman Reigns not defending the title and him defending the title next week or SmackDown and not at money in the bank and the fact that they see he's going to defend the title for the first time on SmackDown, then probably on pay-per-view for the first time at that September pay-per-view in the UK. That's a problem. And whenever he loses that title, he should never be champion ever again because it is clear that they 
just I don't know why they decided to put the title on Roman Reigns, knowing that he was going to take the he's not going to be he's going to take some time off in only live events, but on SmackDown and never showed up on Monday Night Raw either. Now, luckily for Raw, it is still watchable because it's they have they have a lot of top names on that show, but they still need a world champion to make it to have someone fight for something. What it says Raw is going to do now with no with Cody Rhodes out and them not going back to that match they did at the Royal Rumble. Why did he? Why did that match end in disqualification in any way? Them not even going back to that match at all. So it's a Roman Reigns problem for him that him having both championships and never showing up. I know people love Roman Reigns, but there comes a point where enough is enough with this guy as a double champion. They need to take both of those titles off of him and never be champion ever again. So what did they plan on doing heading into SummerSlam or even Money in the Bank? Clearly, he's not going to be on that show, so I guess it doesn't matter for Money in the Bank, but that's, that's, that's my point. But thanks for my call. Bye. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the 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 pressure is building for WWE, right? The pressure is building for them to dethrone Roman to just get a normal champion, and then he, if if Roman wants to be part time on his own time without without uh, hijacking the championships, then fine, go ahead. It's the fact that he's hoarding those championships after unifying them. And he just took the two most important championships in WWE and essentially just like you know hid them under his bed. I get it. I understand the frustration. Totally understand. And it all depends on what WWE wants to do through next year's WrestleMania because you know they've already booked out that far. You know they have. And for Roman Reigns, at least, I believe that they have. And I believe that they are looking at Rock Roman. They, they have to be. If it doesn't happen this year, I've said this again, if it doesn't happen this year, it doesn't happen. Because what if Roman's not a heel by then? You want Rock as a babyface. You're not going to turn Rock heel. It doesn't make sense. You know? Uh, it's it's at in L in L A. They're both, or, or at least in Rock's case, he's not exactly a young guy, which means the increased risk for injury increases as you get older. Even though he's in incredible shape, eventually Father Time gets us all. So, to me, there, it's really now or never for that. And if they've already booked out that far, and Vince is dead set on the championship being included in on that match, then Roman's champion through next year's WrestleMania. And if that happens. He's getting dangerously close to the 1,000 days as champion. He's 65% of the way there already. And I hope I'm not putting you know some some the ideas and creative creatives mind here. And if they didn't think of that, they're like, oh, wait, you know what we could do with 1,000 days as champion? Oh, my God, imagine the celebration. You know? Imagine that. So uh, if, I know you don't like it, and a lot of people don't like it, but I still think it's here to stay. I hate to say, I want to be the guy to, to say, ah, they'll take it off Roman by money in the bank. I'll Roman, Randy will take it off of him at SummerSlam. I think it's there at least through next year's WrestleMania. If, if you guys were to put a gun in my head, perhaps Roman is champion through next year's WrestleMania after he beats The Rock. Just the way WWE is booked. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I eat my words. I want to eat my words because I do understand the frustration for sure. Thanks, Kyle. Let's continue. Hey, Matt, Brad in New York. Um, okay, a couple things. I, heard, I just heard you talking about Lacey Evans and the um, I'm not better than Zia Lee, but she damn sure ain't better than, than me comment. What I think she needs, this is the way at least I take it, is not like I'm not a better wrestler than her, but she's not a better wrestler than me. 
I think what she's saying is I'm not saying like the humble humility aspect of it. I'm not saying I'm better in any way than Zia Lee, but she doesn't have the heart of me. She doesn't have the drive or the determination of me. And I think that's what she's trying to say. Um, at least that's the way I've taken it the whole time. She, she said it every single time he's been on TV, basically. And truthfully, I don't really mind it that much. I don't know. Um, with regards to the championship, um, with Roman having both belts, I don't understand why every match seems to be for the unified, universal WWE championship. Like, why can't Riddle say, I want that WWE championship or I want that universal championship? Is every match from here on out going to be for both titles, whether it's the tag team titles or the um, the, the the heavyweight championships? Because if that's the case, then why not just merge them into one belt and forget about having a Raw one and a SmackDown one um, on both sides of that? So, you know, I think it would be a lot cooler if you could challenge for one belt or both belts or no belts, whatever. But I don't know. I, I just hope that they will go back to, you know, being able to separate those at some point because I don't think it's good to have a one without a championship, Raw or SmackDown. I think that both shows need a championship. So just wanted your thoughts on that. And, uh, yeah, man, have a good night. Good show. Hey, Brad, hope you're doing well. I feel like it's been a while. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that that phrase by Lacey Evans annoys me more than most. It it doesn't make me freak out. I mean, I I probably spoke more about it than I needed to on the last Raw, uh, Monday Night Raw review. Uh, And it's just that Lacey Evans, like, it's a cute line, and it's something that they came up with or she came up with on her time off. But, you know, that's, I don't know. Um, To me, when you say, well, I'm not as, I'm not a good... I'm not as good as you, but you're damn sure not as good as I am, right? Or you're not better than I am. <sighs> I don't know. I, I I understand what you're saying, that I have the heart, I have the hum- humility or whatever. But is it really humble to say you're damn sure not better than me? It's kind of the opposite of humility. Right? <laughs> Even though her previous line is, I don't know if I'm better than you. Okay, that's humble. But you're damn sure not better than me. Well, that's a little bit egotistical, right? So who knows? We're dissecting this way too much. But she's found her little tagline. She's found her cute little uh, way to end a promo. And now we're going to hear it from here on out. I'm sure. It's not the worst thing in the world. I just, when I hear it, it's just on the surface. If you you just like, wait, wait, if I'm not better than you, you're not better than me. We just all, we're all equals here, guys. A safe space. I don't know. One of those things that my brain latches onto for better or worse. Okay, so, yeah, look, the Roman topic seems to be absorbing a lot of the podcast, as I expect it to be, and I understand why. I'm not complaining to you guys. I'm sure I have a couple more voicemails related to this. But if you're asking why don't they defend them separately, well, that's the whole point of the unification match at at WrestleMania. The point of the unification match is to do exactly that, unify the championships, meaning when you unify something, you know, I'm not saying this in a condescending way. I'm actually trying to make sense of this while I'm, you know, answering you, Brad, is that, you know, it's when you unify something, you bring it together. And if they want to tear it apart again, I mean, it's not that they can't. They've already have separate belts. They have yet to create a, 
a separate championship, which I don't think they will because I think they like the visual of Roman with two belts. I think they feel like it makes him appear even more of a champion than just carrying one belt that they redesign or something. So I still believe that they're going to defend it as one unless a storyline comes up and saying, like you said, okay, I want the WWE championship. I know it was unified at WrestleMania, but that belt means a lot to me. And then, like you said, Raw has a champion again. But by the same breath, then Roman won't be able to compete with the guys on Raw, which was the whole point of part of the one of the biggest points of having him unify the belts was so that he could come to Raw and work with the entire roster. So eventually, maybe somebody takes that away. And also, what about the brand split? What I mean by that is if you're going to do away with the brand split, if they don't have a draft this year, then that makes sense that they keep that as one championship and actually get a redesigned championship belt to to symbolize the one unified championship rather than holding on to these two separately. So if they're going to continue with the brand split, then yes, the one brand does need a world champion and the other one does too. If they're not, then keep it as is. If they're just not going to have a brand split, no draft, and then keep uh, keep the belts as is, except just create, just like I said, a unified belt to stop with the two belts. So, all right, Brad, thank you, buddy. Good to hear from you. And let's continue on here. A few more voicemails. I think we have four more. So hang in, ter- hang in there tight, guys. A few more and we'll be done here. But uh, let's see who's up next. Hello, everyone. This is Memphis Mark from Mullet Manor. And man, what a raw we had. Uh, man, uh, as far as Rey Mysterio, can anybody get thrown further? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry right now. I'm kind of distracted. I'm trying to get all my, uh, Cena gear back out for his, uh, appearance in, in a couple of weeks. And, uh, man, this past week, AJ, Mustafa, man, Chad, um, Man, these guys, uh, even Kao, they just tore it up. Um, I'm glad to see that Edge did not come out, and they're letting these guys build. Uh, and Damian, hey, Damian Finn, I, I thought they they ripped uh, Edge out of there too early, but hey, let's just see, you know, give them a little bit. Uh, as far as Randy and, uh, and the promos, Man, look, KO, when he had a guy in the, ta- uh, in the arm lock, it looked like his uh, dinosaur was biting the guy's head off. And AJ's match is fantastic. Seth, always good. Montez Ford, oh, my gosh. But look, guys, I got to go into this. Look, uh, this week, Tony Khan suffered a lot with a family member wrecking his uh, Lamborghini uh, in Miami. And losing a family member, it doesn't matter how you lose a family member or what the hell the circumstances, it was his family. And, you know, it's sad. But then we got to go into Mad Hardy. And I don't know where I'm at on the mailbag and if anybody's mentioned this yet, but I have been in um, Matt's situation 20 years ago. And, man, it's hard to get help. Me? They just, I was running bars and they cut it off from me. 
<laughs> once I had to start paying for it, I stopped. But for people that that's a serious problem, and not to make light of it at all. Uh, I hope you get some help, man. What a freaking waste! What a waste! All right, guys, spay and neuter, rescue when you can. This is Memphis Mark from the Mullet Matter, and I'm out. Well, there he is, guys, the man, the myth, the legend, and now somewhat of a contributor to the show. He uh, actually, Memphis Mark has done the uh, thoughts on Jeff Hardy. That uh, was just a kind of a quick few minute show and also has done some AEW reviews of which, uh, you know, will continue at least for the next couple of weeks until uh, Mimi returns, which uh, she should be. I'm, we, you know, I, I'm looking forward to her return. Not that you guys aren't great. Th- those of you that have done all the, f- the filling in for Mimi, but, uh, you know, she, she kind of created a following and certainly looking forward to her return, hopefully in the next few weeks. And so uh, M- 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 Memphis Mark, jeez, um, <laughs> I have to say, you know, Rey Mysterio getting thrown around. Do I feel like he's going to like, I feel like he's going to die. I mean, like there have been times where, especially when he's faced like the big show, I, I remember him being thrown by the big show, like tossed into the ring, uh, the ring post in, in like a very violent way. I'm like, yeah, he's dead. I mean, the bumps Rey Mysterio has taken because of his size are scary. I mean, he's a durable dude and he's had his injuries with his knees and things, but Rey Mysterio you got to give him props, even though I, I, you know, at this stage in his career, he's in the give back mode stage. Uh, he is a guy that is, uh, it's, it's, it's really hilarious at times to watch. It's like he, you know, he's being tossed around like a child. Um, so, yeah, that that is very true. And yeah, the, the Jeff Hardy thing, and Tony Khan thing, you know, sad stuff this week with Tony Khan's family member in the Lamborghini. I saw that. And as far as uh, the whole deal with Jeff Hardy, I mean, I, I did talk about that at the beginning of the. Or, wasn't this show? No, uh, that was Vince McMahon's the show. <laughs> uh, on a previous show I did, I think yesterday, just discussing Jeff Hardy, and you know, I, I hope he gets his gets help too, man. I mean, especially like you said, Mark, if if you have um, personal experience with this situation, whether you're in Jeff's shoes or Matt's shoes, uh, you know, doing it yourself and trying to cope with the addiction, or trying to help a family member or a friend who has an addiction, it is uh, it's difficult. And you don't know until you know, right? And so, uh, yeah, I wish nothing but the best for Jeff. He certainly, throughout his years, had many issues and run-ins with the law and addiction. So, all right. Well, thank you, Mark. And hopefully we will talk soon. And a few more voicemails. And uh, as Mark would say, we'll be out. But here we go. Uh, my name is Augustine Castaneda. And I'm from California, Northern California. And I just kind of wanted to touch bases with you, man, and see what you thought about uh, Edge and Judgment Day. You know, I, uh, I'm i still kind of hurt about it, but I would really, really like to see Edge actually come back darker. I don't know if that's possible, but it'd be pretty cool to see him come out with uh, the brood music. You know, maybe bring back Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss and create, a you know, a really dark group. Um, that's kind of it, man. I wanted to keep it nice and simple for you. Uh, I want to see, you know, maybe what you think about that, but I think that would be really cool. You know, if he came back darker and they took out the judgment day, cause honestly the judgment day was, that group was good to last maybe about two years, man. But, uh, you know, kicking edge out, that was probably the worst thing they ever did. 
So just kind of want to get your thoughts about that, man. Hey, Augustine, I believe you're a first-time caller. So very good. Thank you for calling in all the way from California. Good stuff. I like it. Okay, so I have my fear has been, you guys already know my thoughts on Edge being banished from his own group so soon. Made no sense. I've covered this. But I didn't even consider that he could come back, not as the rated R superstar or as Tony. Well, I'm not even going to do a Tony Chimmel impression. It'd be embarrassing. But it's possible that he turns, like you said, turns darker. He embraces the darkness even further. That I love that. And maybe he does bring back, you know, maybe that's kind of a fantasy booking here. I don't know the likelihood of it, but imagine it. Yeah, like you said, if Bray Wyatt was to join him or something. But this to me is something that he should do is go even darker. That he realizes that he didn't go as deep as he should have. And there was there's an even more sinister side of him. And it becomes cool where he gets darker, but he still is baby faced and he becomes cool. But I could also see them doing the complete opposite and just turning him back into the rated R superstar and then, you know, all that, which I would really recommend against, at least at this point. So I like it. Good stuff, Augustine. I like your suggestion. Let's get to our next voicemail. Hey, it's Reggie from Arkansas, and I haven't quite finished Monday Night Raw yet. I'd say I'm about halfway into it. I had to take a break to cut the grass. Worst idea imaginable with this Arkansas heat. But while I was cutting the grass, I was listening to the current state of WWE with Michael Ritter, excuse me, Anthony DeMarco and Matt, and something just popped into my head with Seth Rollins. He alluded to in his promo last night about how he had the heist of the century money in the bank, and I have an idea, or maybe more so of a prediction. Seth goes on to win Money in the Bank. Drew versus Roman Reigns at, I believe it's Clash of the Castle. I think it's in September. They're having a match for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. Then you hear Seth's music hit. But instead of him cashing in for both titles, he just cashes in, pins Drew for the WWE Championship. What that does is that's in September. Cody Rhodes is going to be back before, probably around Royal Rumble. So that's their Seth versus Cody for the WWE for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania Part Four. That's one main event, and then I mean. There's really no one to face Roman right now, so I won't be as mad with him versus Rock if it is for the Universal Championship, as long as they book it correctly. But I think WWE wants to get to the the finale of Roman versus Seth with what's happened at the Royal Rumble. There's unfinished business, and that's like two years away from now with their potential Universal Championship match. But that was just something I was thinking about what you guys made me think about, but good job, guys, and I'm uh, about to hop up here and finish cutting the grass, but I appreciate all the work y'all do, and y'all have a blessed day. Thank you. Hey, man, all the way from Arkansas. Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, get that grass cut. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's not a long grass-cutting season up here in New York, but definitely um, 
Yeah, when it grows, it grows. And right now, it's been honestly, it's been like really weird up here. I mean, it's been like seventy-five, no humidity. It's the middle of June. Like, what the hell's going on? The rest of the country is like getting baked, and it's humid. Eventually, we'll get our turn. But and it's been kind of dry too. But uh, anyway, enough of that weather report. Let's uh, talk about what your your points are. And in regards to the Seth Rollins situation, Seth, I think wins too. I think right now my prediction is that Seth Rollins wins that Money in the Bank ladder match, even without knowing the entire, f- the, the, the the full, com- um, the all the competitors in that matchup. I think Seth Rollins, no matter who's in that matchup, wins. Now, who, when he cashes in is interesting, right? Like he could cash in at SummerSlam, he could cash in at WrestleMania, he could cash in and, and fail, uh, and at any of those events or clash at the castle. My concern though is how does he? Maybe I missed it. Uh, how does he, in your scenario, if he cashes in and against Drew, but if Drew's in that championship matchup with Roman, there's still only one title on the line. I understand there's two belts, and that's what's screwing people up. But if they're defending it as one championship, how can a cash-in split that in half again? Because the, the that... That Money in the Bank briefcase doesn't allow you to create new championships or alter existing championships. It just allows you to have a match for one of the existing ones. So unless at that time, if they split the belts by that time by Clash at the Castle, and there's some kind of, I don't know, some kind of storyline that leads to the belts being split, then I understand. But if the championship is still one, if it's still as it is now, and they in Roman defends it as one, which apparently so far that they've it seems that way, then I don't know how that works. Either way, I think that Seth Rollins cashes in on Roman Reigns and he could beat Roman Reigns. Seth Rollins could very well be the guy to beat Roman before the year is out. And that would also mean that's the second time he's cashed in on Roman Reigns with the unfinished business from Survivor Series. And it would also lead to a Seth Cody matchup that I think we all know is part four coming at WrestleMania next year or earlier, but let's be conservative and say WrestleMania next year. And it also fits in with Cody's story and mission statement saying when he returned to WWE that he wants to win the championship, his dad couldn't. So if Seth's champion, it would kill two birds with one stone being he would be able to capture the championship from Seth and get revenge for what Seth did to him, you know, after he was injured and hitting him in the head with a sledgehammer and then attacking his, uh, you know, his, his, his pectoral area. So, I think that honestly, that's probably what I hope happens because I don't want Rock Roman for the belt. I can't say that enough. And so to me, it's it's three birds with one stone. You set up Rock Roman, you get Cody for a double barreled reason to go after Seth uh, upon his return. So I like it. I like this all. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for all of your emails, all of your voicemails. It's uh, been a fun episode. And tomorrow is what's tomorrow? Well, as of today, tomorrow is uh, Thursday. But uh, what's coming is, of course, your uh, NXT review, your AEW review, your uh, WFTW, which comes to you this weekend, and of course, rival or a WWE retro, which will be coming to you Friday. So I hope everybody enjoys the rest of their week. I will be uh, hopefully trying to pump out some video as well, which I haven't done in a while, and bringing up infomercials. How about infomercials, early 2000s infomercials as, you know, just kind of like 
I don't know. I'm in a nostalgic mode. And for those of you that don't know what the hell I'm talking about, aren't going to tune in, but I really would appreciate it. If you subscribe to the after show, it's a totally separate feed search for the WWE podcast after show. It's not here on this particular feed, but I'd really appreciate it. If you could give us a, a, a subscribe there because I'll be pumping that episode out tomorrow. Just it's kind of a fun 20 minute non-wrestling episode uh, topic to, to discuss as well as uh, if you guys could go ad free and don't want ads, patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Apple podcast is 99 cents a month, $10 the entire year. I'm also offering subscriptions on Patreon. If you subscribe through the entire year, you get a 10% discount. So that's available on Patreon for new patrons only. If you want to subscribe on Patreon for the entire year, it's 10% off right now. So uh, consider that or our website, wwepodcast.com. Subscribe there. Use promo code Roman. Get yourself 50% off when you go VIP. Boy, talk about infomercials. I just cut one. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, take care, and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.